Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. stress at the end of that video and like thank you for finally hitting airplane mode. Uh, Hey guys, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here and welcome to church. Welcome to 11 a.m. It is so great to have you guys with us this morning. Honestly, I'm just thankful that you guys would take some time out of a Sunday to come join us, worship together, uh, hear from the word, and hopefully learn and grow together. We also want to say hi to everyone joining us online. Can we just say hey to those guys? In fact, I think right now, um, Pastor Brian is watching. He's over in Prague with our missionaries from uh, ACF Church, Brent and Liz Hoffman. Uh, He got to preach at their church this morning, and he'll be back tomorrow, but uh, an awesome opportunity for him to spend a week over there. So, hey guys, we love you. Can't wait till you get back. And uh, we love you, Brent and Liz. Um, like I said, my name is Josh. And if you're a guest of ours today, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for being here with us today. And, and we launched into a series last week called Airplane Mode. And what we're doing is we're talking about really the parallels, I would say, between like technology and our lives. Uh, This is not an anti-technology series, so you you don't have to grip your phone a little harder or think, oh, I'm not giving up these things. That's not what we're talking about. But what we want to talk about is how technology really reveals in us uh, deeper needs and desires. And so last week, Pastor Brian talked about Netflix, and he talked about this thing that we like to do now called binging, right? Binge watch shows. Anybody binge watched a show before? Yes, I think many of us in this room have done that. But he talked about last week about how binge watching shows, sometimes that can reveal different things inside of us. And sometimes we binge watch because we're looking for real satisfaction in our life. We're, we're, we're looking for something to fill us inside, and so we'll look to different things. And we're using technology kind of as a platform, but it can be anything that we look for to try to satisfy us when nothing really will ever fully and completely satisfy us outside of Jesus Christ. So that's what we talked about last week. And so this week, I want to talk about another 
piece of technology, I guess, or a platform of technology. It's actually from this startup website. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's becoming popular. It's called YouTube. And so uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing, I guess, apparently. Uh, we're talking about YouTube this morning and, and kind of the parallels and how our lives and, can relate to that. But before we jump into that, as I was kind of looking, uh, doing a little research on YouTube, I, I found some interesting things I thought I'd share with you this morning. First of all, did you know that YouTube was actually originally to be developed as a dating website? Yeah, it, it, yeah. these guys who actually... Um, help create PayPal, I guess we're so busy creating PayPal that they, they didn't have any dates. And so they thought, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if people could upload videos of themselves on like a single website? Like, right? Like, this would be crazy. And then you could kind of meet people and get to know them before you have to go get to know them. Um, fortunately, it did not even launch as a dating website. They kind of abandoned this idea when they realized what they had, and, and they launched YouTube. And, and to this day, over 1 billion people use YouTube. Over 1 billion people use YouTube, which is just mind-boggling to me. I, I would call it, it's, it's almost a success. Like, it's getting close. Over a billion people use it. Here's some just random statistics about it that I just thought was fascinating. People watch over 6 billion hours of video every month. People watch 4 billion videos every single day, and over 300,000 hours of video is loaded every single minute onto YouTube. Crazy. Yes, and you've helped have a hand in all that. So don't think like, well, there's some crazy people out there. No, no, that's part of YouTube. If you've watched YouTube ever, you've contributed to those numbers, but it's just fascinating how the YouTube has taken off. And, and from the very beginning of YouTube, right, from its inception, there's been, like, certain videos that people have been, like, attracted to more than others, right? Like, there's been these videos that go up, and people are like, oh, God, I see that one. You, have you seen this video, right? We, we, we create a term for it, right? We call it viral videos, right? It's just crazy to think that, like, before 2005, there, like, weren't even viral videos that didn't exist. And in these short years, we have amazing, crazy viral videos that people watch. Um, anybody want to take a guess on the most popular video ever seen on YouTube? The, the biggest, most viral video ever? Gangnam Style, what else? What? Did I hear, did I hear Baby Shark? Yeah. <laughs> Cat videos. Um, yeah, check out this. This video has had 2.7 billion views. Yeah, 2.7 billion views. The most watched video on YouTube ever. Open Gangnam Style. Yes. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style. Drink it in. Gangnam Style. Why would that not have 2.7 billion views, huh? Crazy video, looking good doing it, right? Like, th- that, that video, like, kind of changed the industry for, like, how many views a video could possibly have. Um, and I get that one. That one's crazy. Like, it kind of hit the scene, and everyone's like, oh, my goodness, you have to see this crazy video. But the number two video, this one, this one kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, really? This video? And some of you are wondering, yes, we are going to dive into scripture today. But 
having a little fun this morning first before we launch into that. But, but this video, like, I don't get this. This has nearly a billion views. It's been around for a little longer. It's kind of one of the first videos I personally remember being viral. Um, but you guys remember this one? Right, like, almost a billion views? Really? Charlie bit me. Like, you gotta see this again! What, what, I don't, this kid's British! (laughs) Apparently they have British children! Come and see this video! He got bit by his brother! I don't, but almost a billion views! Crazy! It's just amazing this thing, this this YouTube culture, really, that we're, we're, we're growing up in now and that we are a part of. And, 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 and the, the thing is, and, and that's funny, there's tons of videos you can watch, and obviously you can spend billions of hours watching videos on YouTube, but there's another thing that YouTube gets used for, and it's kind of where I want to dive into and talk a little bit more about today. Um, but what would you say maybe is one of the more popular reasons people go to YouTube? Like, if you really need to go to YouTube, what do you go to YouTube for? Tutorials, how-to videos, absolutely. YouTube is incredibly popular for its tutorials and learning how to do things. And so when I was looking up, like, the most popular tutorial ever in the history of YouTube, anybody want to take a shot at what it is? How to change your oil, good one. Anybody else? How to do your hair, I think I heard. How to tie a tie. Number one most looked up YouTube tutorial. And I got to tell you, honestly, like, it was funny. I, I was doing just some research and knew where I wanted to talk, knew where I wanted to go with my message. And when I read How to Tie a Tie is the number one most viewed tutorial, that one kind of hit me funny. Like, it kind of made me sad, actually. Like, it, it brought me to like junior high Josh. It brought me to a time when I remember being in junior high and, and I, I joined the football team and we had our first game and for the first time ever I had to wear game day dress, right? All these junior high boys had to wear slacks, a button-up shirt, and wear a tie, something we'd never done before except maybe Christmas and Easter. And now we had to do this thing, and I had to wear this tie, and I remember my dad bringing me into his, into his room and standing me in front of the mirror going, son, this is how you tie a tie. The, the length, and he starts teaching me how to tie a tie. And I watch him in the mirror do it, and I'm trying to mimic him, and of course I'm not doing it correctly at all, but over and over again, I, I watched my dad do it, and I watched my dad do it, and then I failed at it, and I failed at it, and, and then my dad's like, oh, let me tie this for you. You know, puts it on me, and then the next week, it's, okay, now it's time to learn how to tie a tie. And I'd go over, and, and, and there's this process of learning how to do this to this day. I know how to tie a tie. I can tie a mean double, double Windsor. Like, I, I'm really good. But now we have a whole culture and a generation of people that have no idea how to do some of these things, because the way of technology is this. It is faster, cheaper, easier. Pastor Brian talked about this last week. The way of technology is faster, cheaper, and easier. And that's not, oh, that's not a bad thing. Hear me out. I'm not saying faster, cheaper, easier is bad. Right? Like brain surgeries today, they're faster, they're cheaper, and they're easier. Now, I'm not saying they're easy, but 
We have technology that can assist doctors and they can do things today that they've never been able to do before. And and something that was like a death sentence even 10 years ago doesn't have to be that anymore. And in so many different areas of our lives, faster, cheaper, and easier can be good, but faster, cheaper, and easier becomes dangerous for us. It becomes bad for us when we allow that to become something that it should never be. And that's when we allow it to... to to leak into our psyche, when we allow it to leak into our souls, and all of a sudden, we need life to be faster, cheaper, easier. And when when we need life to be faster, cheaper, easier, we don't want to learn anymore. You see, we no longer want to learn, we want to know. In our culture, we've become people that no, no longer want to learn, we want to know. And you see, Faster, cheaper, and easier. Like, you think, like, even, like, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, like, all of a sudden, we need everything to be fast. It's got to be fast. It's got to be fast. It's got to be fast. Right? The new phone comes out, and it's like, 0.207 seconds faster than the last. Your minds will be blown. Right? Like, like it, there's, there's really no, not much faster to be had than immediate, but, we're, but we, it's got to be faster than the last. Everything's got to be faster. Like, do you remember, like, for those of you in the room that are, that, that remember this, do you remember, like, the internet when it first kind of came out? Do you remember when you had to plan to go on the internet? Young people, listen to this. You had to plan to go on the internet. It was a family event. Dad was like, kids, after dinner at six, we're going to get on the internet. And all the kids were like, really? Somebody call grandma. Tell her not to call from six to seven or we'll get kicked off the internet. Right? Like it was a big deal. Like the internet had a sound. Do you remember when the internet sounded like this? now you're online. (laughs) There is a lot of people in this room that have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) There's a group over here. They're just looking at me, blank stares. Like, what do you, what, what, I don't get it. What was that? I preached this on Wednesday night and I I kid you not, I had dozens of people coming up to me going, what was that reference? I, I didn't understand it. Even our staff members We have a staff member. I'm not going to tell you that it's Alex, but we had a staff member who said, I didn't get it. We've come a long ways, but the thing is, back then, the internet, like, you were happy. Like, the internet was slow, but you didn't know any better. I remember, like, getting on and being like, I can go anywhere on the World Wide Web. That's what we called it, the World Wide Web. I go anywhere I want. This is crazy. And I remember learning guitar. I want to download guitar tabs. And you go to the website and you hit download. Okay, it's time to go make a sandwich. All right? Figure out what I want for lunch. Have a sandwich, some snacks. And oh, almost done. This is great. You know, but now everything's faster. And faster is not bad. But again, when we allow that to become who we are, when we allow that to sink into our souls, and I want it now. Tell me the answer. Give me what I want. I want it immediately. What ends up happening is we become people that no longer want to learn. We want to know. 
right? It's something as simple as tying a tie. We have people that just, I want to know how to tie a tie. I have to tie a tie for this event, so I'm going to YouTube it. I'm going to look it. I'm not going to learn it, but I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to go on my way. And then the next time I need to learn how to tie a tie, or next time I need to wear a tie, I'll YouTube it, figure it out, do it, go on my way. I don't want to learn these things. I just want to know these things. And what ends up happening is, is this becomes, this, we can allow this to become who we are in our souls, and we especially can allow this to become who we are as Christians. We can allow this to become who we are in our faith. And the truth of the matter is, this is nothing new. It's not like we've discovered impatience, you know, in our generation. Like, like this has been around forever. And yeah, we're using technology to help us see this, but this has been around. In fact, there was a group of people who were forming these churches, and, and, and they were being very, they didn't, very impatient, and they didn't want to learn. They just wanted the answers. They wanted to know, and, and Paul writes to them. They, they, they ask Paul this question, and it's a good question they're asking, but Paul writes to them, and this is what he says, and this is in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. He says, we have a great deal to say about this. And it's difficult to explain since you have become lazy to understand. You have become too lazy to understand. He's saying, look, you don't want to really learn this. You just want me to give you the answer. They're asking about this guy named Melchizedek. And it was a great conversation piece to be had because it ties in Jesus with the Old Testament. And they're just like, well, was Jesus, like, was that was, was Melchizedek Jesus? Just give me the answer, Paul. And Paul's like, I want to have this discussion. And they're like, I want a discussion. Just give me the answer. Give me the answer. And Paul says, look, you're too lazy to understand. I want to teach you things, but you don't really want to learn. You just, you want to know. And what ends up happening is when we start living our lives this way, we become people who, who, don't, who don't know anything that we should be knowing. And we just try to learn these answers. And, and Proverbs talks to this. In Proverbs 19, verse 2, it says, Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Desire without knowledge is not good. He's not saying desire is not good, but when we have desire and no knowledge of it, and then we run to that thing, like, yeah, I desire to know this, so tell me the answer. That's not good. That's not good. And, and, and as Christians, we can really allow this to affect our lives. And even as the church, I think we've allowed this idea of there's so much information out there and there's so much information online and it's all at my fingertips. I literally can carry all of this stuff in my pocket and yet I don't take time to learn things. I just want to know them. What ends up happening is we start living lives that are, are, are lives that resemble this idea of I don't care how it works. I just want to know that it works. Right? I don't care how it works. I just want to know that it works. And, and what that looks like is like, look, I don't care. Like, is this a sin? Just tell me yes or no. Well, let's have this conversation about this because it's a conversation. No, no, no. Just, is it a sin or is it not? Can I do it? Can I not? Tell me what to do. Okay, thanks. Now I can be on my way. Right? Is this wrong or is this right? Right? Are they wrong or are they right? Just tell me the answer. Well, this is a conversation. No, I, just tell me Tell me, I, need, I don't have time for conversation. I don't have time for these things. Just tell me what to do, and I can do it. Or tell me, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I going to heaven? Well, have you accept, just, am I, yes or no? Okay, now I know, and now I can be on my way. And, and what we do is we become people, I don't care how it works, I just want to know that it works so I can be on my way. And we become so impatient. We become too lazy to learn. 
And that was never the intent. See, the, the intent is never just about knowledge. The intent is never just about, hey, get to the destination. It's about a process that we're to walk through in this life. You see, it's about this thing that's used in Scripture called discipleship. This life is a, to be about this idea of discipleship. And this is what discipleship looks like in Philippians 4 verse 9, Paul is writing and he's encouraging this church, and this is what he says to them. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. See, Paul understood that it's not just about giving these people the answer that they seek. It's not just telling them, hey, say yes to Jesus, your sins are forgiven, now you can go to heaven, have a good day. But that is not what it's about at all, actually. But Paul says, look, you guys, these things that you've received from me, you've heard from me, you've seen in me, put these things to practice. Start learning how to apply these things to your life. And as you begin to do this, that you would teach other people that somebody else could look and receive something from you and learn something from you and hear something from you and then that they could apply that to their life. It's this lifestyle, this understanding that life is about discipleship. We're a culture that, man, we don't do this well anymore. This idea of like apprenticeships, this idea of, of just follow me and learn as I teach you, and learn as I do, and like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Are we, do we say that much anymore? You see, we don't know, so we don't teach. We don't know, so we don't teach. In Hebrews, back to Hebrews chapter 5, and in verse 12, Paul says this to this church. He says, although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God of God's revelation again. He says, look, you you ought to be teachers. You guys, you should be teaching this stuff, but you need me to come back to it. You're you're asking these questions because you just want to know the answer, but you haven't learned this stuff yet. You ought to be teaching. He says, basic revelations from God. And he goes on to even talk about what these basic revelations are. He says, look, you should be able to teach that it's through faith in Christ that Jesus came and he died for your sins. He rose again and and defeated the grave and defeated sin and conquered sin and death. And through that, he's he's given you grace. He's he's imparted it upon you. And now you, you can live as righteous people before God and that there's this idea that you are justified before God, that you stand holy before him, not because of works, because you can never earn these works, but because of what Jesus did, and now we live a life of working towards trying to become who we are in the flesh, and this idea is called sanctification, and Paul's saying that is basic biblical teaching 101, and, and you really should be teaching this. You don't teach as you ought, and look at, he's not talking to the person in the room. He's not talking to the person in the room who's going, man, my neighbor just invited me here today, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I'm, I don't know this stuff. That, that's not who he's talking to. He's not talking to the person who says, I said yes to Jesus just, you know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to grow. That's not who he's talking to. He's talking to the person in the room that, that you've been a Christian for a while. You've been a follower of Jesus, and yet 
you're unable to teach as you ought. And I think that applies to us very much today. See, what we so want to do is just get on YouTube and go, what is the answer? Huh. This website says that this is the answer. This website says the exact opposite. Uh, What do I do? Now I don't know what to do. Because I just want to grab the answer. See, even if you're in this room today and you're not a Jesus follower at all, and you're just here maybe checking faith out, or maybe someone invited you, I would say so often even people who, who don't walk in faith, I have conversations, and they're like, yeah, I just Googled this, and it says this, so I believe that. I'm like, really? Ah. I wouldn't just Google the answer. Like, Google's cool, but it does not know all. And... And it's so easy to find whatever answer you're looking for, you can find it on Google. Whatever answer you're looking for, you can find it. And so what I, what I want to say to all of us in the room this morning is allow yourself the journey of learning. Take part in the journey of learning, of discovering, man, what does Scripture say? And how does this apply to my life? And how does this work for me personally? And and how do not I make Scripture fit to my life, but how does my life fit to Scripture? And we walk this road of discipleship, of seeing, just like Paul talked about, of seeing somebody else do it, live it, speak it, show us. And we can go, okay, this is this idea of discipleship, and how does it apply to my life? See, we don't know, so we don't teach. And here's the truth of the matter is, is not everyone is called to be a teacher. Okay, that's very clear in Scripture. Like, if you start reading and start studying this, you can go, oh, wait a second. Not everyone's called to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm off the hook. Right? No, that we, are all, we all have spiritual giftings. And we are, we are all called to use our spiritual giftings for the betterment of the body of Christ and the church. But we're not all called to be teachers. Yet we are all called to teach. There's a difference between being a teacher and, and teaching somebody something, right? Teachers in the room said, amen, you want my job? <laughs> no, I don't. See, there's teachers, and like I'm doing this morning teaching, but the, there's also us people. We are all called to teach. And we see that too in Matthew 28, 19. I love this scripture. This is one of my favorite scriptures in, in the word. And it's Jesus, he's talking to the disciples, and there's 11 of them standing around. And Jesus, at this point, he has died, he has rose again from the dead, he has met with the disciples, right? He's met with a whole bunch of people, they've all seen him, and now he's getting ready to leave us so the Holy Spirit can come. And these are kind of his parting words, if you will, the last thing he says to us. He says this, he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Like, this was the plan. You got like 11 guys standing around, and Jesus is like, the gospel, the kingdom of God, it's got to advance. It's got to survive history. Right, it's got to survive Rome. It's got to survive these dark ages that are going to be coming. Right, it's got to survive, you know, all of these things, these crusades, and the kingdom of God and this gospel has got to advance. And how did Jesus charge the disciples? What was the vehicle he used? What was the mode to continue the gospel moving forward? It was discipleship. Go and make disciples. How? 
teach them what? Everything I've commanded you. This is how it's going to go from 11 dudes to an estimated 2 billion people on the planet are followers of Jesus. It's incredible. Now there's nearly 7 billion people on our planet, so we have work to do. But from 11 dudes to 2 billion? That's incredible. And how does Jesus tell the disciples to make this happen? Through discipleship. Through teaching. Right? And and listen, I understand. It is not the work of of man that has done this. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. But, But he's chosen the vehicle of discipleship over and over and over again. And what is discipleship? What is this? This Greek word that they use in this place when Jesus says is just this. It's a learner. It's a follower of doctrines and learning how to make them part of our lives. Learning how to make our lives follow this doctrine. The lifestyle that they require. I love that. Here's what we're learning and here's the lifestyle that it requires. That is that is discipleship. And then, well, what, what is this thing? Like, what are these lifestyles? What are we learning? It's what Jesus has taught us. And so, do we know the things that Jesus has taught us? Are we able to teach those things to our children? Are we able to teach those things to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to each other? Are we able to talk about these things? This is what God has given us, is this idea of discipleship. And discipleship is such a beautiful thing because it's nobody going at it alone. It's not figure it out, get the answer, have the answer, go on your way. No, it's like live together, understand together, community together. It's incredible how this has worked. It's almost like Jesus knew what he was doing. As he left and said, disciple and teach. And this is the good news. This is the good news. To teach is to grow. To teach is to grow. If I grabbed one of you guys and I said, okay, next week you are going to stand up here on the stage and for 15 minutes you are going to teach us about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I can guarantee you you're going to go home and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I can guarantee you you might ask some people, hey, what are your thoughts on this? You might call me up, you might call Pastor Brian up, you might call... You know, someone else up and go, what? you might go to life group and be like, okay, I'm teaching this next week, guys. What are your thoughts? Right? To teach is to grow. First Timothy, I love this. Uh, Paul, he's got this young kid who's, who, who's going to leave as a pastor of a church that he's, he's planted. And, and it's not going super great for Timothy. The people of the church don't really listen to him, don't respect him because of his age, because he's not fully a Jew. And so Timothy, they're, they're having this kind of back and forth, and I'm sure Timothy's been expl- uh, expressing his concerns and frustrations with Paul. And this is how Paul responds to Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 13, he says this, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise your youth. Instead, you should be an example to the believers in speech, conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortations, and teaching. I love this. So, so Timothy's frustrated. He's like, they're not listening to me. I don't know what to do. And this is what Paul says. First thing, he says this. He says, command and teach these things. 
Now, we just got done reading a bunch of stuff before this verse that Paul's telling Timothy, but what Paul is doing, he's reminding Timothy what he's already learned. He's reminding Timothy, Timothy, remember when you were walking with me? Remember when we were together and you saw me act this way? You saw me behave this way? You saw me respond this way? Remember these things that we talked about in our conversations? Remember when we were working on the car and you were asking me about this theology, right? And I was telling y'all about it. They didn't have cars back then, but you get the point. When we were doing life together, and remember these conversations we had, and I taught you these things? Teach those things. Teach them to the people. Command them and teach them. Timothy, you know them. Now it's time to walk in that. And then this is what I love. He's a, he tells Timothy. Timothy is like, again, not real popular in his church, one of the younger people, part of his congregation. And this is what Paul says to Timothy. Look, Timothy. You teach it, and then here's what I want you to do. I want you to lead the way in speech. I want you to lead the way in conduct. I want you to lead the way in love. I want you to lead the way in faith. I want you to lead the way in purity. Not only are you going to teach it, but you're going to live it. See, this takes time. This takes discipleship. The only way Timothy was even able to do this is because he had been discipled, and he had seen it done through Paul. And now he's saying, you do it, Timothy you doing lead the way young people i would tell you if you're in this room and you like you're like i'm too young no one listens to me no you lead the way lead the way in your family in purity in speech and conduct what if we led the way in these things in our jobs in our families in our workplaces in our neighborhoods in our schools we led the way and we taught through example we taught through what we were discovering ourselves and learning ourselves man I think that would make a little bit of an impact in our lives and in the world around us. We are to be teaching these things, but again, it's not just about head knowledge. It's not just about knowing. It is completely about a learning experience for ourselves, a discipleship moment. See, true discipleship is this. True discipleship is learning, seeing it done, and then in return, teaching and showing See, a disciple is not someone who just gets the information coming in and it stops there. A true disciple of Jesus is someone who gets that information, it comes in, and then they turn around and they lead someone to the next step of where they're at. You might not know everything, and believe me, none of us do. That's the beautiful thing about this journey, but we might know enough to bring someone one step up to where we're at. And I love what Paul writes to this church in in Colossians 3.16. Paul's talking to this church and he says this. He says, let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, in singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitudes in your heart towards God. Paul says, you guys, you should be getting together. You should be allowing the message of the Messiah to dwell richly among you. And when that happens, you can teach each other. What Paul is talking about here, he's he's talking about life groups. He's talking about getting together in people's homes. Not just this once a week experience. Because I honestly believe that if this is the only time you, you hear the word of God throughout the whole week, if this is the only time that you worship God during your whole week, if this is the only time you get together with other people and talk about these things, if, that is, if this is the only time, it's kind of like just going to YouTube and going, okay, what's the answer? 
Okay, got it for the week. Good to go. On to my week. I got the answer. Is this a sin? No? Okay, good. Right? But, but that, this is not the design, this, 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 this time, this here, right now. This is not the be-all, end-all. Now, this is important. Don't hear me wrong. It's important for the whole body to come together and worship God collectively. Absolutely. But we should be in each other's lives. We should be spending time with each other. And that's why we so deeply believe about the ministry of our life groups that happen here at ACF Church because we believe that's where growth happens. That's where discipleship happens. That's where life happens. And it is our heart's desire that every single person here would be able to be a part of that and experience that and have that in their lives. A time where we let the, 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 the message of the Messiah dwell richly among us and and we can be in the word and go man this is what i got we can teach each other here's what god taught me this week what do you think and people can go man that's amazing what god's been teaching you or people can go "Ah, i don't know if you're i don't know if that's actually biblically accurate let's let's talk about it let's look into it let's research this so we can correct each other and encourage each other you see this idea of discipleship is a lifelong journey it's 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 never about arriving but in our in our YouTube age, in our YouTube culture, we just, we want the answer. I don't want to learn it. I just want to know so I can be on my way. And I want to encourage us, church, to slow down, to allow the process to be part of our lives. And if you're here this morning and, and you would not consider yourself a Christian, you say, no, I don't, I don't have this faith. That's okay. Like, man, I'm super glad you're here this morning. What a great morning to come. But I would say, again, don't be part of that YouTube culture. Just find the answer online that you're looking for, but actually engage in conversation. Ask people, why do you believe what you believe? Help me understand. Maybe I've had some misconceptions about what Christianity actually is because there's a few misconceptions out there. Let's have conversation and dialogue and let's grow and learn together. Who are you teaching? Who are you teaching? Who are you learning from? Do you have these people in your life that you can honestly say, I am learning from this person? They know it. I know it. It's not a surprise to them. It's intentional. It's not accidental. I want to encourage you this morning, church, to breathe and to allow the process of learning to be part of your spiritual journey, this process of discipleship. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are not in the business of rushing us, of quick, right now, get it done. But God, you are in the process of growing us. You are in the process of allowing us to walk through our journeys And God, thank you that we were never meant to do this alone. God, I pray that we would be able to take a look at our lives and and just see, man, have I been relying too much on just trying to know the answer and not learn and grow? Have I allowed people to truly disciple me? And have I, in return, discipled anyone? Or do I find myself like this church, this church full of Hebrews, where we become lazy to learn and and we ought to teach, but we don't? God, forgive us because we've all been there. 
We've all been there. I have been there countless times where I just want to give someone the answer. Forgive me for not being willing to walk journeys with people that you've brought into my life. But God, I pray that we would have a renewed sense of awe about you, a renewed sense that draws us into this journey, a renewed sense that draws us in together as the body of Christ to teach each other, to worship together, to be grateful to you together, God. Draw us to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.